this message is actually basically a piggyback, not of the message of last week, but it is a, I would say, it's basically, it, who was here last week? Who was here last week? And, and y'all, y'all saw the Lord, the Lord just showed up last week, just like he did tonight. And I want to, I want to teach you something about God's presence that I've never, I've never understood at first until I started really spending time with him myself and seeing it in the scripture on how to, almost in a way, just to help you understand, to be a good steward of God's presence. When you hear the word, a good steward, you kind of hear like somebody who's, who's given um, responsibility for something. Like being a good steward, something like, like owning something. So like when the Bible says, um, when the Bible says, if you trusted with little, you could be trusted with much. If you're not trusted with little, you can't be trusted with much. So that's being a good steward, like being a good steward of your money, being a good steward of your finances. Uh, that's the same thing. Being a good steward of your time, being a good steward of relationships. But there's something about being a good steward of the presence of God that I've learned in my life recently that has caught my attention. It, it contradicts itself because in all reality, you can't handle the presence of God. Only the Holy Spirit can really handle the presence of God for you. And even when the Holy Spirit's in you and you're experiencing the presence of God, it can be so heavy that it's like, ugh, like it's almost overwhelming in a good way. But I'm not talking about like handling the presence of God. I'm talking about, I think, I think a good steward of the presence of God is somebody who is hungry for it. That's a good steward. A good steward is not um, somebody who can properly handle the presence of God at their home right. It's more about, Lord, I give you this time and I'm going to allow you to do whatever. And when you give God that full reign, I think you give him greater access to do more in your life. When you stop asking for specifics, I stopped asking for specifics long ago. I still, I still pray in detail like we just did for the for the spirit of anxiety. But a lot of times now I often give God full reign when I pray, when I ask him. So for stewarding God's presence, I want to look at two passages. I want to show you two men of God that gave this, this, this example of being a good steward. So it's Exodus 33 verse, we're going to start in verse 14. Verse 14 says, the Lord replied, well, let me give context. This is Moses about to go to Canaan. And basically the context of the story is, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going. That's basically what Moses is saying. He's saying, we're not going to go to Canaan if you don't come with us. That's, the, that's basically the nutshell. But I'm going to read the whole thing. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. However, will how will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth. The Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked, for I look favorably on you and I know you by name. Moses replied, then show me your glorious presence. So the Lord is just affirming him. And then Moses is like, well, give me some more. And I think sometimes we should never graduate from entering God's presence. We should never just say, oh, I'm good with where I'm at. 
If you are okay with where you're at, you will never grow. You actually start dying in the spirit when you are saying, oh, I'm good with, okay, God's present now, let me move on. That's why I didn't move from the service quick enough. Because that's an example of you honestly being a good steward. It's, it's all about making space for that. Because when you make space for that, you give God full opportunity to, for him to show you his glory. You understand? For him to show you his power in your life. If you would give him more of a greater, if you would be, if basically if we would be more patient with God, he would show up. But until we do that, we'll never truly experience his true manifest presence. And Moses is, 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 is declaring another. He's saying, show me your glory. Show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call you out by name. I'll call, I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you, for I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued, look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. Look where the term it says, as my glorious presence passes by. Even it, it, it applies to this day. God's presence is always passing by and we miss it every single time. And until you start to realize like what just happened tonight, God's presence passed by and we responded to it. Because, because, the way you the way you have access to God's presence, it starts off with with worshiping Him, not just in a praise song, but in every way, like affirming the Lord. Affirming the Lord truly brings presence. There was one term, there was uh, one quote, and the guy said this. He said, "When we minister to His heart, He moves His hand." So when you minister to the Lord during worship. Or during your own personal time with him, when you minister, Lord, you're holy, I love you, I bless you, you're wonderful, you're a great gift. You are literally getting his attention. That's what you're doing. You're honestly getting God's attention when you worship him. Does that make sense? Y'all catching this? This is a true, this is true presence of God is when you learn to broker his presence by worshiping him. And it can happen, worship can be like in reading your word, obeying his word, um, praying to him, talking to him, worshiping him, praising him, spending time in, his, in, in, in worship. And now you start to form his presence in your own life. Because let me be honest, this can happen tomorrow morning for you. This, this type of worship and this type of presence can happen in your own bedroom. But we don't do that. We wait to come to a service and then we experience it and then we go home like nothing happened. I'm gonna be honest with you. A lot of us don't break free from things because we don't take home what we've learned and experienced with God. So I wanna challenge you with that. You need to go home and do the exact same thing that you do on a Wednesday and Sunday. Because you can't just experience it on a, on a Wednesday and a Sunday because it's almost like you're only eating twice a week. It's almost like you're eating, it's almost like you're eating food and now you're almost borderline anorexic 
and you're almost like hurting your own body. So it's the same thing as that. You're hurting your own temple when you do that. Does that make sense? So you're hurting your own temple when you don't truly spend time with the Lord every day. It's like eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's his presence that feeds your soul. And that's what Moses is doing. Moses, Moses has a beautiful picture of God's presence. He's saying, if you don't go with us, we're not going. I'm not going to Canaan if you're not there. Because if you're not there, we won't stand out and set apart, and we won't feel comfortable because in your presence, there's safety. So they're not going to Canaan. And he made sure that the Lord was confirming his promises of being close, being in present. That's what he was promising. And then to verse 22, as the Lord's presence passes me by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind, but my face will not be seen. Here's a beautiful picture of that. Post Jesus, we can experience God's glorious presence without dying. You catch that? Back in the Old Testament, there would be priests that, I've said this last week, there would be priests, they would wrap a rope around their waist. And when they would go into the veil, they would die and they would have to drag the body out because God's presence was that glorious that a mere human flesh could not even comprehend it. But post Jesus, we can, like what we experienced before we just started this message was God's glorious presence. But then here's another thing. I feel this strongly as well. Some of us genuinely didn't even experience that a second ago. I know that shocks some of us. But I've learned something like this, and this is a sobering thought to have. This is very sobering. That the presence of God can be around you. Like you can, feel, you can experience it around you. But you can't experience it in you. It's a fear that you can experience the presence of God on the outside. Like you, you feel this strong heaviness in the room and it's great. But to feel it on the inside is a lot more different. It's a lot more different. The ones who responded to the altar, you experienced the presence of God on the inside because without that, because even, even for his outside presence, his outside presence in itself is an aroma that entices you into his glory, his even more glorious presence. It's almost like, it's almost like you can experience it around, you can see other people experiencing it, but for you, you're not experiencing it. And you ask yourself the question, why? It's very simple. Number one, the heart posture. If your heart is distracted and it is maybe has a maybe has arrogance in it, maybe it has some type of understanding like, Lord, if your presence is here, then show me, give it to me. God doesn't waste time like that. You understand? God doesn't waste time like that. God is looking for people who are pure at heart and hungry for him. That's who you, that's who, how, why would he do, why would he waste presence? Why would he waste glory on somebody who's not paying attention to him? Think about that. They can experience his presence around them in the physical place, but, but you're never going to experience it on the inside. Why? Because your heart is not postured towards it at all. 
And until you get to that point, you won't experience it. But because post-Jesus, we can experience his glorious presence. Now, turn to Psalm 63. I'm going far out. Things pulling. Psalm 63, verse 1. This is David. This is almost like a past experience of God's presence. And the context of this is that David was in the wilderness of Judah and he was calling out to the Lord. Verse 1 says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. In this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary. I gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Two different encounters. Moses was about to encounter it because he was preparing his heart for it to encounter God before going to Canaan. And David had a past encounter that he was praising God for. You had one that was about to and you, won, you had one that had a testimony. Some of us, I'm, I'm telling you right now, this, these two examples are a good steward of God's presence. These two men were amazing stewards of God's presence. Why? Because Moses did not stop with just, oh, I'll be with you. We love, we love when the scripture says, uh, the Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a great scripture. You live on that. You chew on that. But then we don't go like what Moses does and goes, I want you to show me your glorious presence. I want to go deeper with you. I don't want just, oh, you're with me. I want you to be in me, work through me. I want, you, I want your, your presence to satisfy my soul. You understand? We don't need just, oh, he's with me. There's, it's so much deeper than that. That's, the abundant life is deeper than just, oh, he's with me. No, I get to experience his presence inside of my soul every day. Moses' heart was in the right place. He was begging God to go with him and the people to the promised land. I want you to look at that word personal. Let's go back to verse 15. No, verse 14 and 15. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. Go to verse 15. Then Moses said, if you don't personally go with us, the word personally usually reflects a Hebrew term literally rendered in the word face. What that means is that Moses was in love with the face-to-face relationship with God. He was in love with that. He was so determined, and obviously at that time he couldn't experience God's face because it would kill him. But he was so determined to the point where, look, if I had to get to the point of almost seeing your face and dying, it would be worth it. Because your presence is that good. It's that glorious. It's that amazing. When we get, I'm not saying you have to go that intense and be in that heart posture, but the posture needs to be better than how we have it now. I'm going to be honest. We need to have it better than we've had it from before. Because a lot of times we get into God's presence and we just treat it like it's nothing. We treat it like it's nothing. But his presence is so amazing and reverent and holy that we can't just go into his presence jumping up and down and being just, oh my gosh, it's God's presence. No, no, no. It's God's presence. 
it's his holy, it's the holy domain. It's the covering. It's, it's the temple. It's his presence. It's important to know that. You need to reach God to the point where you're face to face with him every day. That's the relationship. When you think of a relationship with somebody, that means you're talking to them every day. You're spending time with them every day. Their presence is usually with you every day. That is the same replication of our relationship with God. Is the Lord, I want to meet with you. I want to talk to you today. I want to give you my full attention today. I want to love you back because you've loved me so much. I want to do that. And once I start doing that, God's presence is more evident. And until you get to that point, you will just treat God like it's almost, his presence is almost like a drug. It's almost like a spiritual injection and then you're good for the week. No, 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 no. I need to get into his presence every day and I need to be filled with him. A lot of, like, for example, I, I, would, I would advise this. Don't make a decision without consulting the presence of God first. Some of us make a decision off of an emotion. I said we make a decision based off an emotion that is not your dictator. It's not your dictator. Because it doesn't, because it doesn't, your emotions are good. They're an indicator, but they're not the dictator. Because we use, because God uses our emotions in worship and presence and all that. Like when I, when I experience God's presence, I will get emotional. Or I will feel how heavy it is. His, the emotions for that work. But when it comes to a decision, we should never make a decision off of an emotion. should be consulting with the Lord. Let me call you all out for this. For every, for every opportunity, every relationship you get into, every friendship you upheld, anything, any material you possess, until you start to learn to get back to the basic of consulting God first, every relationship, friendship, and material will often be a disappointment. Y'all following me? God's presence is the ultimate consultation. Anytime I meet with the Lord before a meeting, the meeting goes better than I thought it would. Every time I meet with God and talk to him and pray for a meeting or a get together or a special moment, it works better than it did. That's being a good steward of God's presence is actually involving him in your life, which we're supposed to do. We're supposed to involve God in our lives. Verse 14 says, I will give you rest. It literally means a place to, to almost like lay down upon, to lay down upon. Our job as our job ultimately as believers is to worship him. And the way to worship him is in different ways, in different places. You can worship God jumping up and down shouting. You can worship God laying down on your face and enjoying what he has. That can be forms of worship. So how do you, how do you really steward God's presence? Three things, and you can write this down and I'm going to close. Number one is make room. Number two is discern how long. And number three, obey what God is telling you to do in his presence. Make room, discern how long, obey what God is telling you to do. 
in his presence. Make room. What does make room mean? Make room means that, like I just said, you don't move on. You don't move on from his presence. A lot of times, even in our own activities, some of us are just late notice to spend time in the presence of God. Some of us have either even done this where right before you go to school or right before you go to work, you enter into God's presence for like five minutes and then you go go to school or you go to work. I want to challenge you with that. I think you need to give God more attention than that. I think God is a lot more greater than anything. I hope you do too. And I want you to understand his presence is very, very valuable. And when it passes by, you don't want to miss it. So when you're spending time in the presence of God, you have to wait and make room. Like I talked about this last week. If you were here for last week for clean house, for the clean house message, it talked about when the evil spirit left the person, the house was empty, swept in an order. But the problem was it was empty. So how do you not make a house empty? You fill it up with the right things. You fill it up with the Lord. You fill it up with his presence. You fill it up with his word. You fill it up with those types of things, the things that he wants to put in your life. You put that in your house, you're going to want to go back to it every day. Stupid Mike. (laughs) You make room. God cannot be, God cannot get into your house if it's hoarders buried alive. Y'all know that show. I used to watch it as a kid. I watched it every day, and, and I still make a mess in, 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 my house, in my own house. But we treat our houses, our temple is like the TV show. And until you start to declutter, like how we just did praying for the spirit of anxiety to leave, that's a clutter in your house. And that does not need to be there. You understand? It does not need to be there. It needs to be out so that God's peace can be in. So God can overthrow anything that the enemy throws, but it's your responsibility to put it in your house and put it somewhere. You got to put it somewhere. You got to put it in a spot. You got to put it in a space. You got to make room for it. You got to make room for the presence of God. You make room in your time. Try your best to make room in your time. Make room, make room in your heart. If there's any idols in your life that you have that you need to declutter to put God on the altar again, you need to do that. Make room make room in your words. If you don't have any words, pray in the Spirit. If you can pray in tongues, do that. Do something where you're making room for the Lord in your own personal time. Make room. Discern how long. I've learned this in ministry now. Discerning how long is crucial. Because if I don't learn how long, I'll skip it and I'll be not a good steward. If I would have just passed when the, because I was, I was standing right there and the Lord told me, somebody, people are battling with anxiety and it's a spirit. I need you to go tell them. And I'm like, well, it's already 6, 728. I don't know if, I, if I'll have enough time. And that's when he told me, I'll take care of the time you obey me. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And that's what, that's what it goes on. You discern with God how long you stay with him. Even in a service. So like, for example, I want to encourage you. Even in a service, maybe I have moved on. The presence of God is good with me. But maybe you're still experiencing his presence in a, in a little bit of a deeper way. 
pray as the service goes on. Sit in your chair and and praise the Lord and, and, and stay in his presence. You don't have to rely on a minister or a worship team to stay in the presence of God. You understand? You don't have to wait when it's over. Okay, now I'm good. If you are still feeling it, you stay in it. Because that's your obedience, not mine. You need to be obedient to his presence in your life. And then thirdly, obey what God is telling you to do in his presence. Case in point. If you stay obedient, even last week, last week we had a great altar call. It was, it was glorious. I, be, I believe the Lord was breaking a lot of things. We, uh, the prayer was, um, uh, if some of you had, had been tolerating the enemy with lies. And we had a bunch of people up, and then the Lord was saying, there's two more people. There's two more people to bring up. And I was like, well, I, I, but, but then he prompts me and he says, they're going to miss their opportunity. You need to tell them. So I, I was like, okay. So I was like, okay, the Lord prompted me. There's two more people. Four more people came up. Why? Because when you're obedient in God's presence, things can happen. You know, your obedience and your disobedience affects you and other people. The way you obey and disobey God in your own circle Ask my wife. When you are disobedient or obedient in the presence of God, or even in your own life, just obeying his word, you will actually affect others. I've experienced it in my own life. I've experienced it in other people's lives. Some of my other closer friends have experienced that. And you have to be obedient to that because, because if I wouldn't have been obedient, I know God would have gotten that breakthrough breakthrough for those four people maybe another time, but why not now when God's hand was moving? So that's why you got to stay obedient and just do it. Take the risk. It's in your heart. If God's prompting you to do it, do it. Oh, man, I need to pray for this friend at school. They're battling depression. I need to pray for them. I need to pray for them. Step one, that's That's simple. I can easily, I pray, I pray, uh, not just pray for, pray against. If you learn to pray against, because the depression is not them. You know that, right? Anxiety, depression, all that stuff. It's not the person. Because when you make it the person, the person can get away from it because now they've labeled it, that's who they are. It's the staple. It's a staple. But until you start to realize that that's not me, that's not God, that's not his word, you start to discern what's in your life that is not of you or of God. Not of you or of the Lord. You understand? It's very, very simple when you get to that point to discern that you have to obey what God is telling you. Because obedience, because the Lord does say that obedience is greater than sacrifice. I would rather God, I would rather be obedient to God than sacrifice anything else. I would rather obey God in a service and sacrifice time. You understand? I would rather sacrifice time. I would rather sacrifice the, the we ha- I got to leave and let God do his work. I'm just here to witness the Lord to do great things and he does. That's what, that's how you steward God's presence. You make room. You discern how long. It could be a short, sweet moment with the Lord. It could be just snot everywhere. Just like on the floor, just like, oh, Lord, like that. It could be like that. But whatever it is, you discern that. You discern those moments. 
And when you get to that point, you will now learn to obey when God is calling you, when he's prompting you to do something, to pray for someone, to do something out of an act of righteousness, you take that chance. Because that's another obedient, obedient type thing to the Lord. And he honors that. God would, listen to me. This is going to, this is going to hit. This is going to kick like a mule. God would rather you obey him than use your gift. God would rather you obey him in the simple task he gave you than you think you, your gift is the ability to wow God. God gave you that gift. You don't wow him. He's not impressed. He knew, he installed that in you. He gave it to you. He knows that gift. But he would rather you be obedient. Well, no, I have to, Lord, I got to do this. This is my calling. The Lord gave you the calling, but he's asking you to obey this and this and this. You start with that first. You start with that. And when you get to that point of obeying him first before anything else, that's the true beauty. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't get into God's presence to do a service. If that was the case, then I would be living as a hypocrite. If my only time to get into God's presence was like tonight or Sunday, it's a daily personal engagement with God and being a good steward of it. I'm going to tell you right now, there was, a, I'm going to say this and then we're going to close. I remember the times in my life where I was really asking for God's presence and it wasn't coming. I was like, Lord, I'm asking for your presence to come down. Why is it not coming? Why are, why are you not raining down like you said you would in your word? And he told me and he said, what well, he said, son, your, your heart is, is in the wrong place. I was like, dude, I'm like getting into your presence. Like, what do you mean? And he was saying, you only meet with me for a ministry agenda. You don't meet with me for me. Y'all, God is not just a righteous king. He is a jealous lover. And if he's like that, he wants your time. He wants your attention. He wants your honesty. He wants your heart. He wants your feelings. He wants all of that because he loves you that deeply. You understand? He loves you deeper than any relationship you will ever have. He does. He truly loves you deeper than anybody more than your parents, more than your siblings, more than your relationships. He loves you deeper than that. So that's why he wants you to trust him with you. He wants you deeper than just, I'm, I'm praying and I'm getting in God's presence for a Wednesday night. No, no, no. I need to get with him on a regular basis because he loves me that much. He wants a face-to-face. And I want you to challenge, I want to challenge you with that tonight. You need to meet with God face-to-face. That personal, intimate relationship with him. You need to meet with him on that. Because I'm telling you right now, I will guarantee you this. I want to challenge you with this. I Give it, give it a month or two months with the Lord. I'm telling you, your life would be different. I'm going to be honest. Your life would be different. Your peace would be an increase. Your joy would explode. It doesn't seem like I'm happy. <laughs> because I'm so serious right now, because the word of God is so serious. But I'm telling you, the joy that I experience after getting out of the presence of God makes me more light. I feel like a feather out of the presence of God because you're bringing luggage and you're bringing stuff to him and he's releasing it off of you and you're truly experiencing his yoke. It's light. 
You're really, you're experiencing his burden, which is not heavy. His burden is not heavy. All of that is light for you. So when you get into, when you get into his presence, when you get into the gloriness of the Lord, you experience him in such a tender and beautiful way that it's so, uh, it's so amazing that you go back to him and back and back and back and back. And it's to the point where your relationship is growing over and over and over and over. Like right now, wherever your relationship with God is right now, it could go deeper. To the best person, the best man or woman of God in this room, to the one that feels like they can't even read their Bible in the morning, I want you to know something. You can go deeper no matter what it is. God, you don't graduate from having a relationship with God. You keep going. You become a good steward. Amen? You become a good steward. So I want you to take that home with you tonight. Because the stuff that we experience on a Wednesday, you can experience that on a Monday night, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoon. It's for you. I'm just teaching you what happens in my own prayer closet, in my own prayer place. That's what, that's what takes place. And you can have the same thing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're just going to end a moment in God's presence. Now that we've learned to be a good steward, I want you to tap into the presence of God just for a couple of minutes, and then we're going to be dismissed. But the Lord is obvious. I believe the Lord is still here. The Lord, even though his presence passed by, he's still very present in the time of trouble and he never leaves us nor forsakes us but I just want you to take a moment we're just going to step into his presence again in this moment I just wanted to do three those three things just in this moment first thing you need to do right now is make room in your heart in your mind in your heart in your mind in your feelings in your in your personal place, I want you to make room for him. There are some idols you have, some things that you have that the Lord wants you to declutter so that he can place his peace and it can freshen your temple. Just make room right now. Just make room right now for him Lord we make room for you Lord we give you we give you we give the space to you because you're that worthy of space Lord you're that worthy of space now I want you to ask the Lord to give you a heart a spirit of discernment of his presence because you cannot you can't tell when his presence is coming if you can't discern it if you don't know where it's at. So Lord, we ask for a greater discernment of your presence to where we it'll teach us to spend more time with you, Lord. We will wait patiently for you. We will wait patiently for you in your presence. And then obey. When you're in God's presence, y'all, this, this is crucial. Obey him. Obey what he wants you to do. Obey what he's telling you to do. And discern that as well. Sometimes it's our own self-talk saying, oh, I got to obey this and I got to... No, 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 no. You discern and say, Lord, is this you? you? 
The Bible says to test every single spirit that comes to you, whether it's God or the enemy. You have to test every single spirit. So don't just obey off of a self-talk. You have to really know if it's God or not. You have to discern that. So make room. Discern the longevity of his presence and obey what he's telling you to do. Lord, we make room for you. We give you access to us as your vessels, but also, Lord, as 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 lovers, Lord. Lord, we are we are the the stainless bride to the groom king, Jesus. You are wonderful and holy. We make room for you. Lord, help us to discern how long. Lord, give us true discernment on how long you would want to stay with us, Lord. We want to be with you. We long for you. Like David said, we, our body longs, our, we thirst for you, Lord, because your presence is that wonderful. We ask that you would help us to discern how long you want us to stay. Lord, you won't make it an irresponsible time, but Lord, we know you'll make it just enough to where we can experience you and your love in our hearts. And Lord, anything that you're calling us to do, I pray that you we would obey it when your presence comes upon us. Lord, if you're prompting us to do something, if you're prompting us to speak into somebody's life, if you're prompting us, Lord, to, 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 to continue our walk with you in a deeper way, Lord, I pray that we would stay obedient and do it the first time, the first task. Lord, we just thank you for tonight and how your presence, when we humble ourselves before you, Lord, you move. Thank you for how beautiful and wonderful you are. And we thank you for your presence. And help us to be a good steward of your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.